0: These are days to be connected to God, to be absolutely certain you are connected with God so He can sustain you and support you and continue your journey with, uh, you know, uh, that that stuff that you need of life and especially money. So next uh, week, on the 27th of this month, we are taking up our Rise and Build commitment. This church has been sustained by financial offerings of its people for 12 years. I said, this church has been sustained by financial offerings of its people. You are here by reason of people's faith and commitment of giving their time, their talent, their treasure. We're not here by reason of that Wyom Council said, here's a lump of land, and someone else said, here's a tent, and then the Energy Australia said, here's some power, and then, and then you know, and then, then Macro Music said, here's some PA system. All this has been provided for by the people of God, through the goodwill of the people of God, but by the generosity of people's hearts. Everything, even including this pulpit, this wonderful manufactured pulpit, that Frank, Frank Flannery, you always come up with something brilliant. And is, can I say that there's a new one coming? Is that a secret or... Shh. Ah, okay, there's... Whew. Nearly blew it. Nearly blew it. Terrible at secrets. Terrible. Don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. So, Rise and Build, say Rise and Build, is the financial stewardship program that churches like us all over the world run to create finance towards the building project. And the building project is right behind you. I'm looking at it through the cracks of the tent. And I just want to extend our thanks to everyone who's listening to us on the internet who give to the church by electronic banking who don't even come to this church but give to this church through electronic banking, people that don't even come here are giving through the internet, electronically banking finances to the rise and build and to the tithes of this house, creating opportunity for us to speak the gospel and encourage the gospel through our society and beyond. Isn't that great news? And that's what the Bible is, uh, that's the principle And I guess that's the system that God has set up. That's his economy. His economy is that you would connect and partner as you give, as you partake, as you partner. You then become part of the blessing. Even when we didn't even go on about the building fund a whole lot, say about eight, nine years ago, and I would loosely talk about the building fund. We didn't do a rise and build stewardship program. And I would just, you know, every few months I would go, guys, we need our own building. Come on, let's let's give to the building fund. And money just came in like that, and good money came in to the point where we took this 11 acres, we purchased it, and uh, and we bought stuff uh, applicable to this land, and 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 it was good. But Luke, you go way back because you've been part of the church since you were 14, and uh, and you, I know for a fact you have been one of our chief givers to our building fund, and especially to the with the tithe. And because of that, you've been. the story says that you've been wonderfully blessed, uh, absolutely blessed. Um, and you've got a house now at Baddow Bay near the beach. You're a mad surfer. And uh, the house was fully decked out. An older couple didn't want to take all these things like brand new lawnmowers and appliances and, and uh, stuff, stuff, stuff. And they left all that for this precious couple. And that's what God does when you connect with God. That's what God does when you partner with God. And we should anticipate that. When I go shopping, when I go out into the world, I anticipate favor and I say that to you people when you go out, pray for favor where you sit where you're seated in a venue, where if you go into a party, if you're going to a, a a place, you want to meet the right people at the right time, and you want to, and and they will help you succeed they will help you on your journey, otherwise you meet people that are just just part of the You know, just part of life, but they're not consequential to your strategy to move forward in life. Say, move forward. So, I'm going to leave you with that. Rise and build 2008, 2009. Together, every member of our church community would give to rise and build to their full potential and and a free and generous spirit in worship of God. And Tim Lowe is coming up next week and uh, he wants to be here and, and do the morning service. And in that, after that, we will take up the commitments And the commitments are on the other piece of the... the, That's it. And that is a good page to read. That'll help you explain what your commitment uh, looks like at the end of the year and from next week. And can I say, all the people that stayed true to their pledge of last year, thank you very much. We were able to stand with the bank manager and give him good figures two weeks ago we stood with the commercial banker uh, from Sydney in the building and we were able to consolidate uh, him to a place of faith in us because we were able to say, they're the figures we took last year, these are the figures that we've taken thus far. To be honest, it dropped away tremendously after Christmas and we need to do something about that. Christmas is the big hurdle for the life of the church in the finances and we were so strong financially. We had literally had about $1,500 coming in a week to the rise and build, to the building fund. That's tremendous. D- don't you think? $1,500 alone. So $3,000 to the tithes to keep the wheels turning in the in the commissioning of this church. But a $1,500 commitment up to last year and unfortunately we hit East, uh, Christmas and after Christmas uh, somewhat the wheels fell off and people may have finished their commitment but the wheels fell off, and, 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 and because we didn't really uh, promote it, you know, fervently as you do, people sort of. Human nature is human nature. I mean, we're born again Christians, we're faith filled, we've got vision, we're walking out with God. But human nature is still human nature. Amen? And we all face with, oh, you know, the weather's different now. Ah, oh, the circumstances are different. Oh, yeah, I was once committed, but now, oh, I think, and so, what we do right now is bring you all back around to refire your vision. say, refire your vision. And vision is what you need to live your life out. Please read that. Uh, cut, not cut it or you can, but tear that off and cut it. and next week we'll bring that. Tim will give us a great message. and of course, thank you, Nikki. Wonderful. And next week we will take that up with a lot of uh, fuss of fanfare and might get some balloons even and a bit of cake, a bit of cake, and then we'll tally it all up and then we'll work out what our commitment is. We're praying for at least 120,000 commitment in the year. I think we can do it easy. When we've tallied it up and worked out everyone's you know, sphere in life and uh, your capacity and what our capacity is as a house, we feel that we can eat that. We feel that we can commit to 120,000 just for the building fund in the year. Amen? So that's great. Uh, let's get on with the message. So you can put that away and uh, hopefully you'll take that home and pray about it. What we are essentially doing as a church, and one man can do this, one person can do this, and it's this we are making opportunity for God to move on the central coast. We are providing God a way to break out of heaven and break down upon this earth through a church, through a people, but through a facility that can bless people, heal people, set people free, touch their lives, resurrect their lives, optimize their life in health, wealth, peace of mind and with a great outlook on life. That's what church is about. If church is not doing that, it's just a religious system of some thought of appeasing God through some sort of structure called church. But you are on this planet to create opportunity I said, to create opportunity for people to be blessed. Is that Nathan? Is he in the house today? God bless you, Nathan. He just walked out. Awesome. Oh, that's great. I didn't even see him. He's been out of action for a couple of months. That's cool. And your life, believe it or not, is here by reason that God sent it here on the coast to cause a ripple effect A consequence, a happening, an encounter with God in other people's lives. Who believes that? Do you believe that? Your prayer, your voice, who you are, wherever you, whatever your stand is in life, it doesn't matter. There is something upon you, a pressure from heaven, a responsibility on heaven that says to you ultimately, I want you to manifest my kingdom. Where you live, where you are set down, where you occupy, I want you to create a space, an opportunity for me to bless. Whatever suburb you live in, whatever street you live in, wherever you go to work, wherever you go to church, I want you to be an instrument that I can use to bring my will to pass. And we're going to just touch upon a few stories to realise that. Let's have a look at this in Judges chapter 14. Very quickly I'm going to try and motor through this. And you can see throughout biblical history there were individuals who made difficult decisions, say difficult decisions, to do something that would change the course of history. I believe we are changing the course of history on the central coast in Tugra. I believe this church, by reason of its existence, will change change the coast and will change the multitudes. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about souls. Who believes that? Otherwise, we're, we're not effective. Otherwise, we're... We're, we're going nowhere fast, the wheels are spinning, but nothing's happening. That's the most dis- disconcerting thing. I was with my wife in the ute and I did take a chance because I know it is four-wheel and I was driving across the paddock and I decided to go through that pond. I just, I, it's just it's a man in me. He oh, said, I'm sick of these safe roads. I'm a risk taker. I'm, I'm on a journey of life. This is an adventure. And so there's my wife, Uncomfortably cooped up in the ute with the power tools in the floor and the, all the other paraphernalia, the, the stuff. And she said, What are you doing? I said, Ah, oh, it's cool. This, this, this pond's not deep. <laughs> and, and I said, It's cool. She said, What have you done now? You got us bogged. I said, No, it's all right. Got the four wheel lever with all cobwebs on it. Put it into drive four wheel and just slowly. Oh out. I love that. I love that. I bought that vehicle for that moment, for that day. I love that. And I felt I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm not going to endanger my wife. <laughs> Creating opportunities for God to move, for four-wheel drives to move. This is the point I'm trying to make here. Creating, write it down. Create opportunity for God to move. And you'll see that in history, these individuals, they, they stood and they, and they did something to create God an opportunity. What are you laughing at, Graham? Create God an opportunity to come down from heaven into this, into this place where we're limited by all sorts of stuff. But it says here, now, Samson, did I tell you the scripture? Judges, chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. Now, Samson went to... Look, cut a long story short. Samson sees a girl, likes the girl, says to his mum and dad, which you did in those days, mum and dad, I saw a girl. I like her, I want her. She happens to be a Philistine of a... mum and dad are not happy because they want him. Samson, the Nazarite, who's consecrated, he's made a vow... They don't cut their hair, they don't drink wine, they're Nazarites, you know what I'm saying? And the mum and dad said, son, what are you talking about? You, 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 you know, you could take a beautiful wife from here, from these, these consecrated ones, from the people of Israel. I said, no, I've seen her, I want her. And so mum and dad reluctantly go out and see the girl, and they, and they go out. But they didn't understand this, that in verse, it must be verse four, thank you David, and Samson said to his father, Get her for me. <laughs> I like that. Get her. get her for me. <laughs> Samson <laughs> was that I want it now, Daddy. <laughs> for she pleases me well. <laughs> and we know what that means, man, don't we? It's not because of his scholarship or uh, or academia, you know, but his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord. Behave yourself, David. That he was seeking. Now, hang on, it says here, because this is the important part. But his mother and father did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines who were camped in the place of Israel. And so, mum and dad didn't know that God wanted to move against the enemy that were encroached upon, camped in the territory of the Israelites. Do you know what I'm saying? Mum and dad didn't know that. And he was seeking, and it says here, that, that God was seeking an occasion to move against, you could highlight that, to move against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Please note, God was seeking an occasion to move against the enemy, against the Philistines at that time. Seeking an opportunity. Since when, I ask you, does God need, need an opening to do something? You know, like God could just move, couldn't he? God could just come and just take out those Philistines. But he's waiting. He's waiting for some circumstance. He's waiting for one man to make a decision, to put something in place where God has opportunity to move. That's exactly what's happening here with this church. He's looking around Wyong. He's looking around. He sees this couple living down there at Wyong River and they're travelling fire to another church but all of a sudden they get hammered by God and God speaks to them and God says I want to build you a church I want to build a church through you and and says well that can't be God God, that's the enemy you know no and then this woman comes you know this lady that happens to be sitting in the house she says I've got a word for you don't move from this place because God this is a mission field and God wants an opportunity to do something in this place say opportunity God wants an opportunity, and so this building, this land, and you congregated here right now, is giving God, the Lord of heaven and earth, opportunity to come down and bless all comers and even beyond that. Amen? We are saying, God, you have opportunity. And it's an amazing thing that somehow he needs a man, he needs a people, he needs a church to create opportunity to move through. Amen? This building is about creating opportunity. If you're trying to work out how much you want to give to the Rise and Build program, think about this, that this building is going to, because the foundations and the well of its existence is built in prayer and loving, passionate pursuit of God, I believe we are going to see a move of the Spirit in that building. I believe we're going to see something consequential. He does not give 11 acres for nothing. That 11 acres is for a reason, and it's for this. It's for crowds. It's for multitudes of people to be blessed, to be touched. And we are going to see something wonderful transpire something consequential, even after we are in that building, I say next year, we are going to see some dramatic results of people coming and the swirling activity of God's blessed, blessed, His inheritance for us is going to come. It's going to come like that. Another translation actually does say creating an opportunity, where it says an occasion to move. Creating an opportunity. Apparently, God needs someone to open the door. Who's willing to open the door for God? Who's, who's willing to go and open the door with their finances, to create a place, to create a church where God can come through and go, "Great. Now I have opportunity. I have opportunity for Tuggar a while. I have opportunity for the coast, and I will do. What I can do in Jesus' name. Let's, uh, you can even look at, look at Jesus. He created the opportunity for mankind to be saved, didn't he? His sacrifice on the cross created opportunity for all of us to be here and for one billion people on the planet right now <coughs> to be saved. Jesus Christ created opportunity. Let's look at Moses very quickly. When the children of Israel ran out of water in the desert, quickly, I've got to move. He could have simply sent rain, they were in the desert. And they're in the wilderness. And Moses got all these people complaining and whinging and there's no water. And then he has to muster up his faith. And he takes that staff that he struck the Red Sea with. And he takes that staff and then he strikes the rock. That took great faith. He struck the rock and gave God opportunity. Somehow, again, God needs Someone to enact, to create an open door where he can do what he can do. Create water, a river, out of a rock? What can we do with our finances? If we give God to the rise and build, what sort of power are we going to release? Are we going to see water from a rock? Are we going to see salvations en masse? Are we going to see the crippled healed? Are we going to see wheelchairs discarded? I read a story, I don't know why it hit me, but the guy, Mark Fashions, Mark, M-A-R-C, Fashions, Stores, he's the guy that brought the diesel jeans out and all the stuff, 53 years of age, nine years he's been battling cancer, he's got kids, 11 and 9. I read the story last night, very successful businessman, had to sell that business some years ago, got 24 million for it, he's got stores all throughout Australia, really nice guy, he went to America, sought very expensive um, therapies to heal this situation of cancer, came back and then something happened last week, an infection. He went to the royal prince and, uh, and, and it was over. He's passed away. And I, and I just, you know, when things, I don't even know this guy, but it really struck me because I'd read it late at night after all day yesterday, being in the word, in the presence of God. And then you get the reality check that what we are doing is really about helping a guy like him. If that guy had come into this church, we could have laid hands on him. If we all had a collective faith here, if all we were aligned to God and positioned with God and partnering with God, that's ultimately what we want here, a unity of faith to bring God on, not just to build that church, which we need. We need all of you united to help build this church. We need everyone partnering with us but we need everyone partnering with us to pull off the miracles that we're trying to do every Sunday. We, we, we just don't need a haphazard approach to this church. We need you to lock and load. We need you to engage. We need to put your, your seatbelt on. We need to plant yourself. We need to, you need to allow your roots to go down and for yourself to be really connected with the house, to be praying for, the, for us and to be mindful that you've been sent here by God. And so then Moses, is another story, and it's in Exodus 32, 9 to 14. Here's another time God desired to wipe out Israel and start an entire new nation with Moses. And again, I haven't got time to read the thing, read the story, but it's about, I guess, God's had enough with this Israel tribe. <laughs> Amen. And he said, I'm taking these guys out. I'm tired of them. Who knows some people like that? Who, you know, parents get like that, oh, I'm tired of this kid, he's gonna get it today. This kid is really asking for it, you know what I mean? Oh, hallelujah. And Moses said, hang on! Hang on, God, whoa, you're a mighty God, a loving God, a gracious God, long in suffering. I don't care about that today, Moses, I've had enough of this lot. <laughs> Amen. But he prays and he says, remember God. He says here, remember Abraham, Isaac, in Israel, I'm trying to get him sentimental now. Oh, that's right, mate my beautiful sons, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants. This ain't multiplication at all. Taken out the whole lot. This ain't multiplication. Trust me, God. As the stars of heaven and all this land that I've spoken, I give to you descendants. Uh, they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Who would have believed a man, a man called Moses, could stop God judging his people doing what he wants to do that's one man what could one church do what could one church do that stop the move of God of judgment but there's another move and that's to bring blessing amen to bring mercy we can stop God's judgment but we can release the other movement and that is the movement to bring blessings on this coast powerful moses was the force that would either create the opportunity for God to enter into the confines of time and space or stop Him. God is trying to enter into this this planet where there is no faith, where there is fear, where there is doubt, where there's a restriction of time and space. And God is desperately trying to reach down and and... And, and and he's asking us, create me an opportunity. Create me. A, look at Martin Luther. Look at Martin Luther. He's a guy, he's a monk, 16th century. The religious system was, probably not the right timing, but uh, the religious system is, is not right. Uh, they, they got uh, presumed to have all this authority. The Bibles are not understandable. The Bibles are not given out to the common people. And Martin Luther, the 16th century monk, says, this ain't right. You know, we're not saved by good works, penance. We're saved by faith. It's not about your good works that that, that provide prosperity to your soul. It's about Christ. It's about faith. It's about our work of faith. It's about our stand of faith that we have right standing with God. And we are the priests. We are the priesthood of believers, amen. We don't have to bow down to this hierarchical religious institution called We will we we can we can we can be our we can be our own people. We can be saved by grace. We can be a people of God that can read our own Bibles. And so Martin Luther started a revolution. He wanted to get the church back to the original Christianity version. In fact, which triggered off the future of the whole church, the Protestant church, is derived from his stand of him creating an opportunity because God was tired. God was saying, "I'm tired of this. These guys, who do they think they are? All these fancy lot with their gowns and their whistles and bells and smoke and things." And he says, "No." He says, "Who's going to help me here?" And then, and then the monk Martin Luther, he's in prayer. God, this just doesn't seem right. Look, I'm, a, I'm an honourable man, but... This doesn't seem right. And so he has a reality check with God. And God says to him, it ain't right. And he says, my God, it ain't right. He reads the Bible and says, we're justified by faith, not by good works. And you can't buy your way into heaven. Amen? And so that sets him on a pilgrimage. That sets him on a journey to bring God's opportunity to pass, to come against that wretched thing in Jesus' name. I hope I didn't, ooh, hope I didn't tread on any sacred cows. that too worse. I didn't I did I did I did not say that David <laughs> He's so blessed when he discovers a human being. He's so blessed when he discovers a people, a church. He, he's so blessed when he discovers a church. And and he's looking right down here now and he's saying, My God, they're providing me an opportunity with their money, with their praise, with their worship, with their with their, their heart's desire to see the church strong. This is a good thing. I am well pleased. I am well pleased of their faith. And the reason God is smiling on us now and favouring us right now is because of our faith. And He favours us. He favoured Martin Luther. He favoured Moses. I love this stuff. Creating opportunity. God found someone who was prepared to lay down His life for the truth. And due to the passion and faith, Martin Luther created an opportunity for God to free the people from the grip of religious control. And I won't say any more about that. Praise God. I love this. You should write this down. Imagine all of this happening because someone defied the control and limitations of their time and believed that God would honour His courage and acts of faith and show up. He affected the future life. God knows that we're on a planet restricted by all this stuff. We are on a planet restricted by time, by time, by circumstance, even by sickness, even by the economy. We are, we are hard pressed in, amen? And you're saying, I can create an opportunity like this? You can. Let me, let me show you. Praise God. Let's look at the prophet John the Baptist. Let's quickly look at that. And in the Gospel of Mark, says he was a forerunner of God, preparing the way before him with a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Someone has to open the way for God to come. So there's John the Baptist. He's a pro- prophet. Do you know what the New Testament says? That you are prophetic. That you are a prophetic. Every one of you, yes, there is a prophetic office, but everyone in this church born again has a prophetic gift. In fact, they call us a prophetic community. A prophetic community. Why? Because we hear God for ourselves and we can speak and 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 shine forth the light of God through our word, through our prayer. The prophetic hears God. And John the Baptist was very much the man of the hour back then, when God was waiting now to send his son. And here's this guy, John the Baptist. He rises up. <coughs> And He makes a way. He made a way for Jesus to come like a voice in the wilderness. Who feels like that a bit during the week? You know, you're praying at home. You go, man, where's my church? Where's my friends? I feel like I'm a voice in the wilderness. You know what I mean? When when you're by yourself and you get lonely, when you get really lonely. Did Did you ever get like that? Whoever gets like that, when you get lonely, when you've got a mile of friends, you know, you're Facebook page and yeah, what is that? <laughs> you know, it's got a thousand friends. I was reading one guy's six thousand friends. Michael Gugliamucci. I was checking his Facebook page. Six thousand friends. I'm telling you what. Some of his friends are. Yeah. They're they're great. But you know what I mean? You feel lonely sometimes, but it just takes one one person to stand in the gap to bring God on. What about this? What about this? There's a, there's a You look in in the story of of Jesus. He's just fed the 5,000 and He sends the disciples out on a boat and they're in the middle of the lake. In the evening, the Bible says, that He sees the disciples in their boat. There's a storm, there's a tempest, there's a storm and He can see them. They're in the middle of the lake. But as He approaches them, Somehow, the Bible says, he goes to walk by them. He goes to walk by. But they were in fear and trembling of their life. And then Jesus gets a, just a little bit closer, and then they say, Is it a ghost? Is it some other thing? You know, we can confuse God for some other stuff, you know, when we're, you know, despondent in fear and, and you know, doubt. And Jesus said, No! He calls back, it is I, it is your Lord and Saviour. And all of a sudden they get composure and they get their faith and all of a sudden Jesus then is allowed to come. It's almost like faith welcomes God and fear and doubt. Why could he see the boat on the shore and see the boat and now he's coming, but as he's coming closer, he the boat is just full of of terror, of fear, and of doubt. And Jesus, even Jesus, can't approach the boat and goes to walk by. I hope tonight, you know, I hope to, this this coming week that with our rise and build, that with faith we allow Jesus to get into the boat of C three Tugra. I, I I don't want Jesus to walk by and, and, and him seeing us singing our praises from it. This is wow, C three Tugra, look at them. Wow, here I come. And then as he gets closer, he says, no, they're not quite right. They're not quite right. There's, a, there's, there's this, there's that. There's a little bit of tension there. There's a little bit of division. There's a, you know, no. And it's no, when, when we take heed of God's word, when we take heed of God and lock our, lock our arms and say, Jesus, we need you. We have faith. We welcome you. And so tonight, we want to praise and worship God, not preach. But we want to worship God with that connotation. And we want to invite God into the Rise and Build financial program. And we are believing that Jesus sees us from a distance. Who believes that? You know what? You need a prophetic revelation about this. You need a prophetic revelation like the prophet did. The prophet John the Baptist, he, he, had, a prophetic, he had a prophetic revelation of Jesus coming. And in that, he was able to stand and be mocked, ridiculed. He was able to take the heat. He was able to take the heat and say, No, Jesus, the Lord and Saviour, the Messiah, He is coming. And you know what? We need that prophetic revelation right now to build the church. If you honestly don't believe God is going to up the ante in His glory, in His power. If you think we're just going to do normal church in that building, you are mistaken. You are absolutely mistaken. This is a prophetic company of people. And we honestly believe this, that we are making opportunity for God to come. We are crying in the wilderness like John the Baptist. We are crying in the wilderness and we see Him approaching. And we're getting rid of all the fear and all the doubt and all the terror, even though the calamity of life is all around us, the storm, the tempest, the economy, and all the troubles of life, because we are on this planet in the restrictions of time and space, and Jesus knows that all around us, all all around us, is stuff of life that can encroach upon you. But He has presumed that we can stand with faith, and invite him into our boat, into our world, into our church and see him do what he can do. When Jesus came into the boat, when he was given a platform, an environment, he then commanded the storm to be still. I love that. Jesus walked on water. He's a cool guy, this our Lord Jesus. Jesus. And he's approaching this church. I believe this morning's service, last week's service, the week before that, something's happening here. Something where we're feeling like Jesus is approaching this church. And some of us are consumed with the weather, the economy. Some of us are consumed with our haircut, our, our, our shoes we're wearing, the, the food we eat. Some of us are consumed with stuff of life. But you know what? If we say, Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus on the approach? If we welcome him, we're going to see a miracle in our financial world, in the life of this church. We are going to see God's handiwork so wonderfully. And this is great. It's, it's talking about vision and this is what i got to say lastly. When you look at the Word of God, you can see men and women that... We're given vision, we're given responsibility which is, this is our responsible connection to God, vision. Everyone who's born again should have vision. That's how it works. That's, that's, just, that's just a matter of course. Because God doesn't say there, now dwell carelessly and mind your own business you won't get into any trouble. It's going to be pretty hard, storms, wars, rumours of wars, earthquakes, pestilence. The economy's going to break and Look, just you'll be right. Come back one day and just have that as some hope. You know, I'm going to wrap you up and so hold on tight. Something you have to go through, called the baptism of suffering. And when you're with me in paradise, it'll all be good. That is just <laughs> he says. Go down to planet Earth and just like I told Adam and Eve, take, multiply, dominion, authority. Spread the Garden of Eden. Just like I told Abraham, leave your father's household where it was all restricted by all these other weird wonderful practices. Leave your father's household and multiply. And I'll make you a, a wonderful nation, a huge nation of gigantic proportions. If you leave, if you take hold of that vision, Abraham, I shall do it. C3 Tugrah, I shall do it. I will multiply you. Because if you look in the Old Testament with Adam and Eve, they were called to multiply. And if you look at Abraham, they were called to multiply. And we are called to multiply. Including your finances. Including your joy. Including your faith. Including your heart after God. Glory to glory. You are called to multiply. You are never here to see... This is all I get out of life. Gee, I was hoping for a bit more. Yeah, you, know, you crouched up in this... God wants to give you all house. God wants to give you a big mansion of life. Many rooms. When the visionary says it's impossible, God replies, all things are possible, Luke 18. visionary says, I can't do it. But God says, you can do all things through Christ. When, when you say, I'm not able, God says, I am able. When you say, I'm afraid, God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. When, when you say, I, I don't have enough faith, God says, I've given everyone a measure of faith. When, when you say, I'm not smart enough, God says, I will give you wisdom. <laughs> you say, but I can't figure it out. <laughs> God says, I will direct your steps. <laughs> when you say, I'm not able to manage all these things, God says, I will supply all your needs. <laughs> Praise God, I can't go on. My grace is sufficient. Amen. When you say, I feel all alone, I will never leave you or forsake you. When you say, I'm so worried, cast all your cares on him. And when you say, it's not worth it, it will be worth it. Romans 8 verse 28. We are a people that are making an opportunity. Let's all stand up for God. Let's all stand up. You know, we could think of a myriad of excuses why we should not engage. That's human nature. You know, this is a very restrictive world, God. You don't understand. I've only got so much money. I've only got so much joy. I've only got so much faith. Man, there's earthquakes. There's wars. There's, there's stuff. And I am restricted on a boat, in a storm. But Jesus said, invite me. Invite me into your world. Invite me into your boat. And he comes walking on water. And he responds to faith, not fear, terror, or doubt. Faith. A composure of faith. And then he